This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to another special edition of the Rockcast Podcast. I'm Emily Foreman. I have John Edmiston here with me today and a special guest as well. Let's welcome Jason Jones with Cedar Creek Church. He is the Project Manager of Ministries and has been very active in the rock community for several years. Thanks for being with us today, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're, we have seen you in the community a lot. We've interacted quite a bit um, on email and at conferences and different classes. Uh, but I, I feel like the community has also run into you from time to time. And, and you're definitely known as the community cheerleader out there. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoy cheering people on. I enjoy just reminding people that uh, we're all in this together, really. Definitely. And I think that uh, you do a great job of helping kind of bring that better together community spirit Uh, to the forefront of what we're working on. So we're really thankful you can join us today. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the rock world inside your church. Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I am the project manager of ministries. I've been on staff for about five years. Um, And when I first came on, we were with a, a different platform. And my role specifically is to work with our kids, students, and adult next step teams. So I serve those three teams uh, anywhere from like expenses to task management, training, onboarding, just helping that team be as resourced as possible. Um, And we have another staff member who is specifically responsible for our upkeep and database. What we realized early on before we uh, migrated to Rock was um, databases just take a lot of work, right? So our database team is really good at pulling information out of the database and numbers and metrics and uh, just general data integrity and pulse of our church. The ministries team, what I work with, kids, students, and adult next steps, we're, we're responsible for putting the information into the database. So as a project manager of ministries, I really took it upon myself to say, hey, I'm going to work closely with our, our ministry services or our operations, our administration side of the church, and really train our team to move forward in the database. So that's kind of how I got involved in the in the database is I was super passionate about getting information in because that helps us know where we're going and where we've been um, and just kind of being hands on with that team. So then uh, about two, we launched Rock in 2018. So in fall of 2017, when our team started thinking of new ways to um, resource our church, Rock was on the forefront of that. We went to the 2017 conference that fall um and left there and we decided to to move into rock and it was kind of me and this one other person that were like hey i'm gonna have a focus from ministries perspective of how can we make this as easy as possible for our ministries team to keep putting information in and really uh, get rid of sticky notes and small excel documents and say this is this is our, our our platform our desk um and our other my coworker started really working on how are we going to resource the church and, and data metrics? So that's how I got started with Rock. Great. And it seems like since that early time, I don't know what your 
uh, original assignment or perception was of what you would be doing with rocks specifically. But it seems like you've been really digging into how to build and share and create recipes and do some really cool things in rock and, and really investing in your personal skill set there as well. Yeah, I'll be I'll be super candid and honest. When we the the conference that we went to in 2017 was in Chicago. And I think we took like eight people to that conference just to kind of learn. I typed an email that I never sent and it's still in my <laughs> outlook today that was a hundred reasons why we were making the worst decision possible. I'm like, what are we doing? None of us know how to do this stuff. Like there's all this development. Like I heard people talk, I'm like, I was super overwhelmed. And it's a four hour drive from Chicago to Toledo. And I think I took the entire four hours to write my email where I was just like, this is bad news bears, right? Um, and I think it was January of 2018 that I was like, are we doing this? And everyone was like, yeah, I was like, then I'm all in. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is gonna be bad, but I'm all in. And by April, I was like, you guys, like we, we, there are so many opportunities. And I think it was like a month later that we hosted our first rock and road show. It was in May of 2018 after we launched. And I'm like, like, you, uh, you just have to get on the other side of your fear to realize all of the potential that uh, you're leaving out. So that's kind of, that's what's really dri driven my passion is I'm like, I was there. I know what the, the what the, the valley looks like or, you know, the, the deepest area of being afraid of diving into rock, whether it's asking questions in Rocket Chat or launching this platform or saying I don't have a developer on staff to being like, I don't, I don't either. You know, if somebody were to like, how did you write that code? I'm like, uh, control C, control V. And I learned what <laughs> it broke and then I edited it. And just now, I mean, it's, uh, you know, December of 2020, we launched in May of 2018. And I'm just now starting to make these spark connections where I'm like, that's what lava is. That's how you write this code. That's what, that's how it, you know, like now it's all coming together in ways that I'm like, I could have never seen that in, in April of 2018. And if I had given up, like I just, I, there was no way that I could have offered myself the opportunity to see it either. So you have to have patience. And so that's, you know, like I write recipes, and I write them with people. There are people in the community that I'm like, I, I wrote it with somebody um, and share it because I know how afraid I was moving into it. Well, what? There, there, oh, there's ahead. your next uh, RX session right there. I think so. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are in that same boat and a lot of people misunderstand, yeah. Yeah. you know, what it takes to, to do some of this stuff. It's it's intimidating, but it's not necessarily rocket science. Yeah, very true. But a lot of the people, by the time they kind of find their voice in the rock community and they're talking about it, they've reached some of those inflection points like you're describing where they are going, oh, now I get it. And so they're excited and they're talking about it. And it creates a lot of chatter or a lot of you know verbal space. And someone who's new peeks in and goes, I have no idea what they're talking about. And so there are some yep. earlier hurdle, hurdles to get over, but you can't see those necessarily when you're sitting on the other side of it. Yeah, when I, uh, I mean, even when we first joined Rock, like I, I added myself to all of the channels because I was like, this is an intense community. Like I want to be a part of all of this. And within six months, I'd removed myself all but two because I'm like, this is overwhelming. So last month I added myself to the Lava channel again because I'm like, I, I think I'm getting it. Like I, I think I'm getting it. So I wanted to watch people's interactions and responses specifically to be like, yep, I can read that. And then maybe I can try to type out my answer on a sticky note on my computer and just see if somebody who I consider to be an expert responds the same way. And I'm like, great, now I have the confidence. So I think it's the same way with hmm. the SQL class. I'm gonna go to the SQL class in January. Um, and I feel like I'm like 60% there where I'm, I'm doing some SQL work, um, 
but I'm not confident about it. I'm always second guessing myself. I'm always asking questions. So for me, the cost of going to the SQL class is really going to, I'm hoping I will walk away being confident with what it is I do know and learn some new foundational work. So the cost is, I mean, you, you can't put a cost on leaving with confidence. That's the same way I left the master class. I left the master class. I was like, I really kind of knew all of this because I had already been on rock for a year when we went to the master class, but I left being reassured that I know that stuff. And now I, I, I think that's when I really started having a voice in rocket chat because I had confidence in myself. Cause I was like, I helped other people in the class. I can do this. I can help other people. So for me, those, those elements have a, a much bigger or broader purpose than just teaching you something you actually get to walk away with. I, I can be confident that I know this. And I think that's really smart. Um, I, and I do that myself. I'll, I'll stretch myself by reading a book about something I know nothing about. But then I li- also like to read a book that's maybe one or two levels more basic than where I think I'm at to exactly what you said, cement those concepts, you know, kind of show myself, okay, I know these concepts. And then no matter how easy of a book you read, you're always going to learn new things. And uh, so I, I think that concept of cementing your confidence is, is important. And, and I also think, too, that people misunderstand what it, even if you're doing very in-depth coding, the most commonly used you know, keys are Control-C, Control-V. Not that you're <laughs> copying and pasting like code and making a mess. You're copying and pasting concepts that then you then um, yep. change. I, I was literally talking to my son about that last night. He's a freshman in college, and he has to take, he, he's an enge- going into engineering, does not want to be a coder. He's made that clear. But he has to take a coding class. And last, I was helping him with you know, some of the stuff near the end of the semester, and I was telling him last night, like, I think there's this misunderstanding that coders sit down and they just type and it just comes from their memory. And it's, that's not true. You spend most of your time getting concepts from one other place over here, pasting it in and then reapplying it. And how much time you spend on Google and Stack Overflow is you know ridiculous. Like, it's just, you just don't vomit it out. You're basically copy pasting and, and then massaging it. Uh, yeah, and I've, uh, I mean, I would offer to anybody listening too that I've used that same philosophy when, when I think I need to pay for a developer. So we don't have a retainer with anybody, and we don't have a developer on staff. But um, when I'm like, man, this is just outside of my ability, or maybe it's going to take too many hours, you know, payroll for me to figure it out when I could be doing something else. And I've made the decision to hire a developer or a partner to work on a workflow for me or build out a page. I think really strategically about it, like. Um, um, what, it, well, how can I make this the most detailed for my benefit? Because tomorrow I'm going to take this piece from what I know they're going to build. I don't know how to build it, but I know they're going to build this piece and then I can take that and I can start to learn. So I really try to util- utilize our development, our partner, um, expenses to the, to the best resource for me, because then I can control C and learn and break and figure out what that looks like. So I'm not, when I go in to pay for additional work like that, I don't go into it thinking I'm going to get this one thing. I'm like, how are we resourcing ourselves for the next two to three years with this one element we just paid for? That's super smart. That's super smart. Yeah. So you are known for being somebody who likes to help others kind of come along the path to and make it be a little less scary um, and, and make it a little easier and more accessible, which is great. That's what the community is all about. But we recently heard from you about how you do that a little bit on your staff in addition to the community. And it sounded like some really cool stuff that I think people would be interested in hearing about. Um, so what is it that you do to make Rock more accessible to your ministry staff? 
Yeah. So I'm just, I would say probably anybody on our staff knows I'm super passionate about training people um, and putting things that um, maybe into a language that is easier for them to take in bite-sized pieces. It can be really overwhelming um, for me to hear things from experts, even in like the rock community where I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. Um, so somebody, I always ask someone to help me break it down. Um, and over the last few years in doing this, like I get a lot of emails from staff that'll say like, hey, uh, remind me how to build a small group out in Rock. Or hey, remind me how I'm supposed to close out a connection. Or remind me where I find this information. Um, and I would say early on, like I, I loved answering people's questions. I would just answer them. I'm like, yeah, here, here's your answer. Happy to help. Um, and then three months later, a different staff member would ask. And I don't know what it was that clicked probably about three years ago. But I was like, how can I what if somebody doesn't even know that they need to ask that question? What if somebody's sitting at their desk at their campus, dislocated from here, overwhelmed with a task, and they don't even know that the task can be uh, easier for them? So basically, I just, I, I thought of a way to get my information out, like, how can I answer your question and give it to everybody else? So we have about um, 100 people on staff, and I decided to start a a pro tip blog where I was like, Hey, you might, somebody might ask a question. And if I think, man, somebody else needs to know that I kind of schedule it out in a couple weeks or a month to write out a pro tip. Um, and I allow staff to subscribe to the pro tip. So it's, I'm not like blasting. I mean, I am blasting their emails on a weekly <laughs> basis because I send one out and in busy seasons, I send like two or three out, but it's because they've asked for the information, not because I'm pushing it on them. But the other thing is like, I allowed them to subscribe because I know some staff, they don't want that one extra thing in their email. So I'm like, hey, you subscribe. And I think right now we have like 68 of our 90 some staff who are subscribed. So that's, it's just absolutely phenomenal cool. to me that I'm like, yeah, you want that information. And I try to keep it, sometimes it's really detailed. Sometimes it's like, hey, um, here's how to build a group and it just has to be a little bit more detailed other times it's hey did you know that you could do this really cool thing in rock and i you know like take a couple clicks and try it out today um and i encourage people to reply to me and just let me know like was that a good pro tip was that too in-depth was that overwhelming uh you know like how can we continue making it better i think we've written uh just over a hundred pro tips in two years so um, that's kind of, Very it's been cool. going on for just over two years. Yeah. And have you gotten good feedback from the staff? Do they reply and tell you what went well and what they'd like to see more of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wish, you know, like one of the thoughts that I wish I had done early on, I probably intentionally turned them off, but the ability to comment. Mm. So it's very similar to like a recipe mm -hmm. uh, what we would consider a recipe in the rock community. Um, where people can comment and ask questions. I never turned that on mainly because I was like, I probably don't have the time to answer your questions uh, or, or manage this one other additional piece yeah. of our website. Like it's just, there's just going to be stuff that gets left dry. But now people are replying to my email saying, Hey, loved this one. And I'll ask back, like, what was it about this one that you loved? So I can keep repeating that in the future. Um, and now I'm probably to the point where I'm really encouraging other people on our staff to write them. Do you have an experience that we're not thinking about that you want to write a pro tip, like write it and I'll proof it and just make sure that it, it makes sense and it's lined up and send it out. So very similar to recipes, but just in practical use. So I'm going to write something on um, if, uh, you know, I think recently we had like three or four people email me, hey, I'm, I forgot how to build a group. So I was like, yep, here's my answer. But also in two weeks, I'm going to write a pro tip and everybody can be back on the page together on how we write groups or how we build groups. 
That's pretty cool. It sounds like a great way to set a lot of people up for success and move everybody forward a few steps at a time. Really encouraging. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. One of our staff values is mission driven. So I I think um, I've kind of started correlating pro tips to mission driven. Like this is how we're going to help you drive mission forward. Um, These are the practical ways that, you know, maybe you didn't know that are going to make your job easier. And if your job is easier and more efficient, that gives you so much more time to drive our mission forward and reach the community. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about who is Jason Jones outside of the rock context. What what do you do uh, for fun? I love being outside. Um, so I like mountain biking. Um, and in Northwest Ohio, things are pretty flat. So I uh, people know that I throw my bike on my car and it basically stays on there from spring until fall. So anywhere I'm at, if I'm going to see family or going to see friends, like I can just kind of take my bike off and find a trail. I'll be, um, I keep a trail map on my phone. So if I'm driving on an eight hour drive and I see a cool mountain biking trail, wherever I'm at, I just kind of stop and take an hour break and go for a quick ride. So um, I'm definitely not an advanced mountain biker, but I do, I like being outside. I like being on the water, kayaking, uh, whitewater rafting, hiking, camping, uh, mountain biking. I'm, uh, I like being outside. That's fun. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You're an amazing addition to the rock community. And I know you've really helped make rock accessible and fun for a lot of people. Um, and we definitely appreciate that. And it sounds like you have a platform for the next uh, conference presentation. So start polishing that, yeah, I guess. Great. <laughs> and one thing I, yeah, I, I'm on it. <laughs> one thing I love about you, Jason, is you're so positive. And even like a transactional email you send is mm-hmm. I leave with a smile on my face just because of the positivity. It just radiates even from your emails. So keep that up. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm not, I mean, <laughs> I definitely, you know, there are days where I'm like, okay, but that helps me. Uh, it helps remind me that we're all in this together and yeah. there, there's no sense in being bogged down by it because it's very easy. It's very easy for me to, to hit those low points. So that helps even myself remind me to be positive. Yeah, well, even like I said, even a transactional email where it's just like, question answer type thing always is so positive. It's, it's, it's noticeable. Hey, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And we appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Yep. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.